In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lent is long. Forty days of fasting, and another six Sundays between Ash Wednesday and Easter. And Lent is long. It probably seems even longer this year. In St. Louis, in C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, the land of Narnia was cursed so that it was always winter. Always winter and never Christmas, they would say. Perhaps we say it seems that it's always Lent and never Easter. But take heart, dear Christians. Easter is coming. Whether the Sunday two weeks from now or the final Easter day that lasts into eternity when our Lord Jesus returns. But still we wait for Easter. And Lent is long. One of the reasons that Lent is so long is that we need to be reminded that this this entire life is a Lenten veil of sorrows. Every bit of our hope rests on Easter. Though we haven't come to our annual celebration of Easter yet, today we get a sneak preview. We heard in the Old Testament reading how Ezekiel stood in the Valley of Dry Bones and the Lord's Spirit came and restored them to life. And in our Gospel reading, Lazarus, four days dead in the grave, is called back to life by the Lord Jesus. Jesus' miracle of raising Lazarus from the grave was probably about two weeks before that first Easter, right about where we are now. Jesus is here, and where Jesus is, there is life. So it makes sense that when Jesus' beloved friend Lazarus becomes ill, his sisters send a message to the one who has life in himself. They know that he can, that he can restore their sick brother to health. Now we don't know from the text, but I think it's probably safe to infer that Lazarus had a serious illness. Mary and Martha weren't calling the local doctor. They were calling the miracle worker. And let's also consider that it appears that Jesus wasn't very close by. Having heard the message, Jesus stayed where he was for two days. And by the time he arrived in Bethany, Lazarus had been dead four days. So if we split the difference and figure the travel time for the messenger and for Jesus, we figure that Jesus was at least a day's journey away, probably 15 or 20 miles. Lazarus' health must be dire indeed. It's time to say your goodbyes. Family and friends need to be prepared for the worst, and you should drop everything to come. Now, before we get too carried away with this account, let's ask a question. What is it that we expect Jesus to do in this case? Now, it's probably safe to assume that 
Mary and Martha thought that Jesus would come immediately at their call. Lazarus is his beloved friend, and certainly Jesus would come to heal the ones he loves. Right? Jesus loves Lazarus, and it doesn't seem very loving to just let Lazarus die. But that's what Jesus does. Notice how St. John records the account. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Did you catch that? Jesus loved this family. So when he heard Lazarus was ill, he didn't go. Not Jesus loved them, but he didn't go when he heard Lazarus was ill, showing a contrast between these two things. Or even Jesus loved them, and he didn't go when he heard Lazarus was ill, simply stating two facts. Not even though Jesus loved them, but because Jesus loved them, he didn't heal Lazarus. Because... Jesus loved them. It really doesn't make sense to us. Yet this is one of those times that our feeble reasoning simply bows to what the Lord Jesus says. And we should also consider how it gives us immense comfort. Because we know that Jesus always does what is needed. So that even when we cry out to God, and he seems not to hear or even to deny our prayers, we know that he will answer them in the way that is best for us. He will give us what we truly need, and he will not abandon us. We do not know the hour of our death. God, in his wisdom and mercy, has determined when that time will be, and he will graciously call you to himself at the proper time. And so because Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave, we know that Jesus will do the same for us. But for now, it seems, the danger before us is illness, a new kind of coronavirus that threatens to harm us. Some of the treatments appear promising, and we hope that if we are among those who become sick, temporary. We pray that it will not have lasting effects on us or on those we love. Living in this time of history, many of the illnesses we know are either temporary or at least the symptoms can be relieved by medicine. But it seems that Lazarus suffers a deeper illness, a sickness that threatens his life. But when the messenger came to Jesus, notice what Jesus says. This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. If Jesus spoke these words while the messenger was still there, perhaps these words came back to Mary and Martha. And if Lazarus was still alive when the messenger returned, Perhaps all three of the siblings clung for dear life to Jesus' word of promise, 
This illness does not lead to death. But then, not too much later, Mary and Martha have to bury their brother. Maybe they felt abandoned by Jesus, wondering how he could have let them down. So that when Jesus shows up, both sisters confront him, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now, whether they are expressing their frustration with Jesus or their faith in his ability to fix the situation, Jesus has said plainly, this illness does not lead to death. And yet, two days later, Jesus explains to the disciples that Lazarus has died. This illness does not lead to death, says Jesus. And then, Lazarus has died. So how could Jesus have said that Lazarus' illness wouldn't lead to death, even as he let Lazarus die? Literally, the Greek says, This illness is not to death. So, what does it mean to go to death? What does it mean to go to someplace? Now, we might think of two ways this can be understood. You could be referring to your final destination, or a place you must stop along your way. Say you're taking a flight to Florida but you have a layover in Charlotte. You're on the first leg of your trip, and someone asks whether you're going to Charlotte. You might say, yes, or no. Yes, I'm going to Charlotte on my way to Florida, or no, I'm going to Florida. But when someone talks about death, we tend to think of it as a final destination, It's not as though the next time you take a trip, you're going to have a layover in the city of death on the way to visit some friends or family. Going to death is generally a one-way ticket, and you don't see any departures on the big board. That's what we see in our everyday life anyway, and it's what makes Jesus' statement to the disciples so perplexing unless you know that you're listening to a miracle story, unless you know that you're hearing the one who has the keys of death and hell. But if you're reading any other story, or even in your own life, when the doctor assures you that this illness doesn't lead to death, you naturally conclude, he's going to get better. His death is still a ways off. And the disciples naturally assume that when Jesus says that Lazarus is asleep, he means that his friend is resting. His body will fight the illness, and he'll get better. So the disciples are surprised when Jesus has to explain, Lazarus has died. And yet, for Lazarus, death is not the end. This life doesn't lead to death but only through death. So do not fear. Jesus has died for you, and he made you his own in holy baptism, and he nourishes you with his living body and blood. 
So this illness that you face will not lead to death. Cancer and MS will not lead to death. Frailty and old age will not lead to death. Pneumonia and even the coronavirus will not lead to death. Because you are bound for life. This is your final destination. And ultimately, in Christ, nothing leads to death. Not even dying. And Jesus proved it when he raised himself from the dead. So that all who are baptized into Christ's death are also members of his resurrection. Hear what St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired even of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. So we commend all our needs to our gracious Lord. Just as Jesus delivered Lazarus from death, he will also deliver you from death. Because for all of you who are in Christ Jesus, nothing leads to death, not even dying. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.